Welcome to The Process. I'm Mary, your host. I'm a licensed clinical mental health therapist and holistic consultant. I'm here to show you that you're not broken. You're having a human experience, and that moment you want to give up, that's the moment you are in the process of change. This podcast will focus on how to manage our needs while in relation with others. Too much of today's psychology focuses only on the individual and seems to forget that humans are always in relation with other people and things around us. It's not a mistake. You are part of your environment and you are separate from your environment. It is both and, and that is where we will learn and grow together. Gentle reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be used to diagnose or replace care with a medical professional. All right, let's learn. Hey, welcome back. Okay, I'm going to do my best to attempt, my best to attempt I am going to try to re-record the podcast that was lost due to sound issues, and we are trying a new recording system and trying out how this one goes. Okay, so in the episode that got lost because of the sound issue, I actually read a blog that I wrote back in October of 2022, so 18 months ago, if you will. I'm going to start by doing the same. I'm going to read you the blog and then I'm going to give you tips and tricks and things and expand on it. And that's how we're going to do this. The title of this episode is called Returning to What Is. I am in full belief that the only, not the only, the most powerful moment is now, right now. And with that, we have to learn to return to this moment. We have to be able to stand in the moment we are in. And that is what this is all about. Okay, let's go. The wise heart is at peace with the way things are. Jack Kornfield. For those of you who don't know, Jack Kornfield is actually a Buddhist psychologist. Um, Yes, that's actually a thing. The marriage of both. And he wrote a book called um, After the Ecstasy, The Laundry. It is an extremely dry book. And if you want to spend a whole year reading it, if because I think it's going to take you that long, it is totally worth it. Its concept is that even after we have this great enlightenment, we still have to be human. And that's my take on it. Um, but we don't get to override the, the human part. That's an episode for next week, actually. The human being versus human doing. We will come back to that next week. But right now, back to the blog. I floated around the house last night, reminding myself to come back into my body. At almost every turn, I stepped over a balance bike, I maneuvered around trains, the cups, the half-eaten mac and cheese, all while focusing on returning to now. Returning to seeing my children explore life. Returning to what is and what was actually in front of me in real time. My son, almost three, opens the freezer to get an ice pack. He throws it on the floor. He does it again. My first thought as I sit there holding his sister who cries when I put her down is to say, it's too loud. I feel that thought. I allow myself to have that thought. Then I choose to say, oh, you are learning that the ice pack makes sound. I ask him to try dropping the defrosted ice pack to see what happens. It doesn't make a sound and he moves on to something else. We ebb and we flow like this all night. At one point, both the kids have returned to the kitchen counter for the fourth time. 
I'm continuing, I'm continually thinking, stay with what is here. My mind does wander. It wanders to the questions like, why can't I be present like this all the time? And why is it so much harder to be in the moment when my husband is home? In this ebb and flow, there are moments of big tears, huge tears. I don't even know why tears are occurring. And these moments feel like they will last forever. In these moments, I give myself permission to feel the sadness and the pain that comes with staying present to someone else's tears. I give myself permission to remember that my emotions are not my children's and therefore emotions do not have to be mine. I give myself permission to remember that my emotions are not my children's and therefore their emotions do not have to be mine. I focus on the fact that all emotions typically last 90 seconds. I know that after those 90 seconds, it's the thoughts that I allow into my mind that keep the emotion alive or allow the emotion to run its natural course. This practice of staying with what is has not come with ease. I have resisted this practice and I often require the support of others to pull me back into what I can control. That being this moment right now. This is the only moment I have to tend to. Staying present in the chaos takes radical acceptance of the here and now. Radical acceptance does not mean that we, A, like the thing or agree with it, B, wish to continue around more, wish it to come around more, or C, want it to continue. Radical acceptance does does mean no longer fighting against the reality of the here and now. It is in this surrender of what is that we find extended peace. It is this practice. It is a practice and not a place you land. No, this is a daily task, ritual thing. It is the returning to your body. I often say, stand in your feet. I mean to be fully where your feet are at that moment. It serves everyone the most when we can do this. For you, it might be a mantra. Example, this moment matters. A breathing technique or a post-it note to bring you back to the moment. One technique that works for many is to act the opposite. If you want to scream, feel that feeling, and then do something to laugh. If you want to cry, feel the sadness, and then do something to cause you to smile. In our house, we sing what we want from the other person, often as a way to change the energy in the room. Whatever it is that brings you back to this right now in front of you, that's the goal. It is as simple and as complicated as you working from moment to moment. Okay, that was the... uh, 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 changed a little, but that was the blog. And I want to touch upon a few things in here. Those being some truths. Emotions really do only last biologically in your body for 90 seconds. That's it. 90 seconds, a minute and a half. That is your biological process from start to finish. After that, it is the thoughts that you are telling your brain that keep that emotion alive or not. So what do we do? We allow those emotions to rise and fall. We allow those emotions 
So let's say you get a wave of anger. In that wave of anger, you can step out of the room, run your hands under cold water. There's a plethora of issues, if you will. Um, But it's the thoughts. It's the thoughts in your head. So what do you have to do for 90 seconds? You can tolerate anything for 90 seconds because you know it's going to end. And then after that, you get to change your behavior. You get to change your thoughts. You get to, you get to do something different. This is where I was made the reference to Jack Cordfield, where he was saying like, after the ecstasy, the laundry, you, you can have, like, you're still going to have the emotion. You still have to go through the process of having an emotion. You can't actually override this. Um, and if you do, what happens is you are, you're numbing. You're not actually, you're not resetting your nervous system, which I feel like maybe I've been picking on a lot these past few weeks and I don't mean to do that. There's importance in that. And, and this is a big and, if you don't feel your emotions, then you are not living your life. We don't actually get to avoid emotions. They're, they're information. They're, they're, um, they're like colors, right? Like what you, you can live a life with color, without color. Um, you can, right? There are people who do that. And then they have to pick up their sensories in a different way. Emotions are so powerful that it's actually really hard to pick up the emotional information in a different way. It's This isn't an easy adaptation, though I guess some people are going to try it. The other alternative is to feel your emotions for 90 seconds and then move on with your life. The other thing I say in here is like having a breathing technique or a mantra. Look, I don't think a mantra is going to radically change. Like the mantra is not the thing that actually moves the needle for you. It becomes the grounding point for you to reset yourself. And that is why things like affirmations and post-it notes really do work because If you see it enough, you say it enough, you will believe it eventually. You are, there are synapses happening in your brain. You are kind of like laying down roadworks. A lot of us have pretty old roadworks. Most of our beliefs happen before age seven because of the way the brain develops. You live in this, um, the the, the technical term is theta waves, and you live in this uh, altered state. Everything, everything is, um, everything is dreamlike. And then when we start to come into more concrete reality, which starts at seven, it's not like you hit seven and it's like, bang, I'm concrete. No, it's, it's a process. And like, um, and during that we, but we, we create our beliefs around the world in a dreamlike state. And so then as we grow up, if we're not reviewing our beliefs, if we're not examining them, then, then what happens, right? Then what happens is that we get stuck in this way of thinking that doesn't actually serve us. It doesn't actually serve us to have a belief that I can't feel my emotions because you're cutting off a a whole part of your life. Now, we want, like, let's be clear, we want, we... Those th- we, we don't do anything as a human that doesn't serve us in some capacity. And and you've heard me say this and you're going to hear me say this in a, until I'm just going to always say it. That's how it is. I'm just going to always say it because the thing is that at some point, if you are somebody who avoided your emotions, that 
served you in your life. That was something you needed to do. So we don't want to villainize our past behaviors. We can't villainize ourselves or shame ourselves because we didn't know. But now we know. We we know that that these, like by not feeling my, the ironic thing is by not feeling my emotion, I'm actually being taken out of myself. I'm being taken out of this moment. I'm not actually present for my children. I'm not actually present for my partner. I'm not present for my job. I'm not present because I'm working. I'm spending so much energy to not have a feeling right now. When if I could have the feeling, the feeling would just give me some information and I can continue on with my life. When people say feel your feels, it it doesn't mean pitch a tent, build a garden. You don't have to start composting there. Like you just have to feel them. You're going to just ride, ride the wave for 90 seconds. And if it's so uncomfortable for those 90 seconds, then let's find something that brings you comfort. Something else that you can do to bring comfort to your emotions is to think back when you were a kid. I know that a lot of this is going to go back to like age seven and below. And that this is by design because this is when your brain superhighways got laid down. Were you someone who was super tactile? Were you somebody who liked to hear certain songs? Were you somebody who, like, I'll tell you, like, I watercolored a lot. There was like a lot, like specific memories of me on, I don't know if it was my parents technically like first home, but where I first was born into. And I can have like see myself very clearly on the porch watercoloring in the sunshine. Like that was like heaven to me. So for me, when I am having a hard time feeling my feelings, what benefits me is to do something tactile with my hands and color. And that gets to change because now I'm an adult and I can do different things. And these things that we did when we were younger, that's the like OG nervous system regulation. So what was that for you? Because it is actually as simple as that. It is actually as simple as returning to what is. Returning to what really worked. And maybe you capitalize it a little bit different and you make it more mature. Or you don't, right? Especially if you're a mom and you have younger kids. Like, just play a little. Play a little more. Allow your life to ebb and flow. Yeah. And I just also want to say like this practice of coming back to this moment, it's as simple and as hard as you're going to have to do this for the rest of your life. (laughs) No big, no big, Mary. Um, Because it's just from this breath to the next. If you want to be happy, how do you be happy? You have to hold that emotion from this breath to the next. And sometimes things are going to come and they're going to knock you off course. And then you say, You don't go down to the, like, I am bad, right? Like, we need to stop saying that. It's like, it's not I am angry. It is I am having anger. And why? Like, what is this anger trying to show me? What else is here in this moment? You are not your emotions. Your emotions are information. You are something else. Something amazing and something else. You're not your emotions. So the next time you catch yourself having an emotion and you go to say, oh, I'm so angry. Please pause. Please ask yourself like, no, I am not anger. I am something totally different. 
I'm having anger and why am I having anger? Often things like anger are just trying to tell you that you're missing something, right? It's like the thirst signal, the hunger signal, the sleep signal. What is missing in your life? Because you are not your emotions. Your emotions are information. And the more we can tap into what is actually happening in our internal world, and in our then we can actually be present what's happening in our external world. Because spoiler alert, the next step after we do this work is to start to say like, oh, is this even my emotion? Is this even my belief? Or have I been carrying this from someone else? But I digress. That is for a different time, a different day. All right. I hope the solution works to solve our little tech issue. If it doesn't, I mean, here's the thing. If you're listening to this, it probably does. Or if it doesn't, no, I mean, it just, that's it. That's it. All right. I'm going to talk to you soon. Thank you for being here. We are all in the process. We are all in our own process. I'm so excited to continue to learn with you. As I said in the last episode, if you are somebody who works with highly independent women and highly, uh, highly achievable, <laughs> highly achievable. And if you are somebody who is a touch point for couples who are looking to take their relationship to the next level, reach out. I'd love to have you on the show. I will only talk to people who are willing to do stories. Um, I'm not going to sit here and hard sell. This is not about that. This is about giving information and giving it from the people who are actually doing the work themselves. All right. Much love. Talk soon.